Hello and welcome aboard to this episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to following the entire story of One Piece from beginning to end as we focus on one volume each episode. We keep the discussion spoiler-free for new fans of the series, so this is the perfect place to follow along whether you're new to the series or if you just want to revisit the world of One Piece with us. This week, we will be covering Volume 23, Phoebe's Adventure, which covers chapters 206 through 216. My name is Joel, and I'll be your host. And join me today, we have Sean. Hey, this is Sean. And we have Evan. Evan here. All right, so um, are you guys excited to finally wrap up Alabasta? Stoked. Let's let's get the sand out of this hourglass. I don't know. I'm trying to make the sand fun. <laughs> it didn't work. But all right. <laughs> all right. So before we get into the chapters for this volume, uh, just a little overview from uh, where we left off. All right. Last volume, the Kicking Claw Forest proved to be no match for Crocodile. Koza learned the truth that Crocodile was the mastermind behind the entire Civil War uprising. He attempted to have the rebels concede, but was shot by a member of Baroque Works posed as a royal soldier. Just as it seemed that uh, there was no one left to stop Crocodile, Luffy made his triumphant return with Pell just in time to save Vivi from being dropped from the roof. Luffy had discovered Crocodile's weakness and arrived with a barrel of water, eager for a rematch against the Warlord. After putting up a fight, Luffy was still no match for him. Crocodile dried up all the moisture from his body and left him as a dried up husk as he headed to the Poneglyph in hopes that it would reveal the location of the ancient weapon Pluton. Luckily, Luffy had shot some water bubbles into the air that came back down and restored him back to normal. A weekend, Luffy pursued Crocodile to the crypt containing the Poneglyph, which Nico Robin had determined to only contain the history of Alabasta. Having outlived her usefulness to Croc, she attempted to make the first move but was still defeated. Meanwhile, the rest of the Straw Hats and BB scrambled to find the location of the bomb. BB realized it must be in the clock tower, but it seems they figured out too late as time is about to run out. All right, so before we pick up the uh, thrilling conclusion to Alabasta, we're going to take a little detour on Hachi's walk on the seafloor. Volume 21, they went that away. Realizing he's been duped, Hachi goes after the macro pirates who have taken Kami. Well... It took a while, but he got there. Or he's going there. <laughs> They're in for a beating. Yeah, so uh, Hachi had no problem being like, all right, uh, Mermaid, you, you can go off with them. I got my, I got what I wanted. We're all good. <laughs> um, but I love the, the little uh, art that we have of uh, Kami and Papagoo. Like, uh, Kami just like exaggerated with like um, the screaming face. And uh, Papagoo... Papagoo is just uh, broken down in tears. And then uh, Hachi also has like a total like like Popeye kind of stance going on here. Mm-hmm. Like the way he's uh, about to run after him. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Evan, uh, you mentioned Popeye. Um, the last the last time with uh, Macro, the way he had like mm-hmm. Popeye arms. Was it you or was it Sean? I don't remember, but I do remember yeah. us bringing that up. Yeah, so I actually looked at pictures of Popeye like, afterwards, and like his arms are definitely like Popeye, but Popeye also has anchors on both of his arms. So mm. we were, we're talking about how Macro had the the double anchor tattoos. Yeah, I guess uh, he's a big Popeye fan because he uh, he took his style. <laughs> That's awesome. Apparently, yeah, Oda's also fan. That out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get on to chapter two hundred and six, ignition. Realizing they are out of time, Tashigi orders her men to take out anyone who might seem like they're with Brokeworks. 
At the top of the clock tower, Mr. Seven and Miss Father say giggle in anticipation at the destruction they're about to launch into the crowd. Luffy continues to battle Crocodile, though Crocodile wonders why Luffy is even bothering, as he's already been poisoned. Back at the base of the clock tower, with time about to run out, Nami begins to enact her plan by having Usopp, Chopper, and Vivi stack on top of each other. She launches Usopp into the air with a cyclone tempo, putting the stack in range of Sanji. Chopper jumps up as Sanji kicks him up to Zoro, who in turn gets ready to throw them up with his swords. Unfortunately, this makes them easy targets for the two snipers. As Luffy fights Crocodile, he does not understand why someone would risk their life for the sake of someone else. Luffy tells Crocodile that Vivi is his friend and he doesn't want his friends to die. If he dies, he dies. Alright, so uh, what do you guys think of this plan that uh, Nami's concocted here? Puts everyone at risk, except for Nami. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> like, I will safely launch you guys from here. I've done my part. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Don't mess it up. <laughs> yep. That's pretty comical. But, but truly a full team effort. Yeah, for sure. And I also love how the villains start like audibly counting down. Yeah. There's no reason for that, but they're like, let's just, that'll be fun. Let's just do a countdown. <laughs> they are like super like cartoonishly like dastardly here. Yeah. Um, and, like, but, like in a great way, like they're very like minor characters here, but like, you know, they're, they're kind of enjoying their 15 minutes of fame. Like they're eating up all the time that they have and they're like really trying to take advantage of it and playing mm -hmm. it up as much as possible. Uh, I love the way that um, Usopp gets hit right at the, the beginning with the the Cyclone Tempo. And <laughs> you can see like the way it goes like right through Usopp's legs. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, oh, face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or Nami was not pulling her punches here. Already in a full body cast. <laughs> yeah, I think this is um, a creative way to try to make up for the lost time because, you know, we we uh, talked about how at the last time they really didn't have any way up there. Uh, Vivi said that the only way to get to the top of the tower, you have to go through the bottom. There's like, a secret entrance. So Sanju and Zoro kind of like, jumped the gun. So now they're trying to find a way to to get to the top, and this is kind of the only thing they could do is still launch themselves up in the air. So, um, yeah, they have a plan. We'll see if if it works out, but it doesn't seem like they have a, like a real good uh, escape plan here. They're kind of committed to it. Yeah. And now, uh, what do you guys think of um, you know, Tachigi at the beginning of the the chapter? It's putting a lot of trust in her people admirable yeah so Tashiki's kind of stepped up a little bit here um and she's like asking why like her men are hesitating like we don't have time to like you know see if they're actually with broke work so, <laughs> so they're kind of desperate here so they could be like be able like innocent civilians but it's like for a good cause but it's kind of like also at the same time like i i guess you're looking for people that look suspicious which can be like profiling <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although they do often wear pretty um, obvious clothing that says Burl Works on it, which is funny because, like, the in the beginning of this, like, the very first page, 
the brokerage agent is trying to convince them he's not a brokerage agent. Yeah. He's got, like BW on his hat, brokerage on his jacket. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So for a secret like uh, organization, they're not very secret about it. Yeah. Right. But that does make it a little easier. Uh, and then uh, this one dude has like um, it says it looks like it says like broke and I love Miss Valentine. It's kind of cut off here, but <laughs> until it says, nope. Uh, I will never get tired of Usopp's full body cast. I almost half wish he would remain in a full body cast for the rest of the entire series <laughs> because uh, it never does stop being funny. <laughs> but uh, I understand it's not exactly feasible, so <laughs> I'll have to live with it. Yeah, I appreciate the moments when they come. Uh, I also love that she's got a ribbit ribbit gun and he's just like, I've got a yellow gun. Like, <laughs> eh, you got to step up it a bit more than that, man. She's got the ribbit ribbit gun. He just, uh, it's got a color. It's like, eh, that's four out of 10, man. Four out of 10. There's a reason why he's not Mr. Six. Yeah, exactly. Also partly because uh, his eyebrows have been committed to uh, being sevens. <laughs> okay. That is dedication. I'll admit like that's probably takes some work every morning. <laughs> yeah, once I talk like nines, you gotta be like, whoa, 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 we're going the wrong way. <laughs> Say seven. Yeah, so how about um this interaction with uh Luffy and Crocodile? Uh it seems they're both determined, like this is not going to end well for any any of them at this point. It feels like they just like he'll 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 just I don't know that everything's crumbling around them. It's just like, like an all out brawl at this point. Like I feel like strategy's um, out the window at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like Crocodile isn't even using his sand powers, and like Luffy's just in like an all out attack. And like you said, like everything's kind of like crumbling around them, but they're so focused on the fight now, like they're not even paying attention to that. Like they're, yeah, it's a fight to the death, and they're committed to it, and then they're only caring about the fight. So everything else around them kind of doesn't exist right now. And uh, I also wanted to point out, um, I think this is a, a good moment to kind of mention here that Luffy is not a hero, so it's a little hard to make that distinction at first. I think because it seems like Luffy is doing heroic things. He comes in and saves the day a lot of times, but his motivations aren't altruistic. So he's not here to save Alabasta. He's only here because he, he cares about his friend BB. So he wasn't interested in, in stopping the war. Like when we had like the, the interactions previously, like Luffy, like he said, like I'm bored. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, he didn't want to go back to stop the rebel army. He had no interest in the like the war that's going on. His only thing is I want to stop Crocodile, and I want to do it for my friend because I care about my friend. But like, yeah, his, his intention is not to save everybody. So I just want to make that that point here. I, I think we'll get more of that in in the future. But I just want to make it clear that Luffy is not actually a hero. At the end of the day, he's he is a pirate. His, yeah, his ultimate goal is still is is a one of prestige. Like he wants to be the strongest, most powerful like person in this universe for for and in, in many ways. So it's not exactly it's not a it's 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 a you could argue pretty selfish goal in and of itself. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And that, that's his motivation is for what he wants. Yeah. I just want to point that out here. Yeah. Still, I, I think it's still a noble cause because he is, you know, risking his own life for a friend's life. And whether it's his intention or not, that friend is directly tied to this whole war and kind of potentially a, like an important puzzle piece in ending the war. Um, so yeah. I, there's a little bit of nobility in that, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of blurring the lines a little bit here. Yeah. Because he is doing a, a good thing, just not for like necessarily good reasons. I'm not saying it's not a good reason to help this friend, but he's not doing it because he wants to help people. He's doing it because he wants, uh, you know, it's for his own selfish, selfish reason. Mm-hmm. He wants to help one specific person and mm-hmm. it doesn't really care how much the rest, like he's not, yeah. I don't know. I get what you mean. Yeah. And also not saying like Luffy wouldn't be like angry if like Crocodile just wiped out a bunch of people. Like he would be mad at Crocodile. He's like, like you're a terrible, par- like you're a terrible person. I'm going to beat you up for it. But at, at the end of the day, it's also Luffy's not the one trying to stop the bomb from going off. Like he's the one over here, like fighting Crocodile, like one-on-one. Um, anything else in this chapter you guys wanted to go over? These are some long seconds. Yeah. <laughs> just this conversation has lasted 10 seconds. Like you want, you want to say the sentence, Hey, the cyclone tempo is meant for parties. It's just for fun. In the span of what? Like two, like a second and a half. Like, I don't know if I can say that that quickly. Yeah, but uh, Usopp also doubling down that this is not like it's meant to be a weapon specifically. It was like right. use the party tricks. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's move on to the next part of the cover story. Hachi's Walk on the Sea 4, Volume 22 The Mermaid Selling Macro. Macro and his crew prepare to sell the captive mermaid. Yeah, so we see Macro's ship, uh, which has like this uh, this pretty large tank that has uh, Kami in the in the back filled with water, and the, the dolphin looks so distraught. Like, oh no, there goes another mermaid. But yeah, Hachi kind of just like abandoned Kami. I was like, yeah, you guys can take her. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> He's coming for him. Alright, uh, let's get Evan's summary for the next chapter. Chapter 207, Nightmare. Things are not looking so good in the mausoleum as Luffy collapses to the ground from his injuries and the poison that is slowly setting in. Crocodile tells Luffy it is hopeless and that all he has done has been in vain. Uh, meanwhile, in the square, Zoro launches Chopper and Vivi to the top of the clock tower just as he's hit by Mr. Seven and Miss Father's Day bullets, which explode as they collide. They then take aim at Chopper and Vivi, but Chopper is able to shrink and avoid the shots and Vivi is nowhere to be seen. Just then, Vivi comes swooping down from above and handles both Mr. Seven and Miss Father's Day with her peacock slashers. With one second left, Vivi slashes the fuse and stops the cannon from firing. As Vivi breathes a sigh of relief, she hears a ticking sound. Her heart sinks as she realizes the bomb is on a timer and is going to explode anyway. Dun, dun, dun. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's start with Sean on this one. Again, 
some very long seconds. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's does she have this entire like? Is this this like flashback memory sequence or who is this on the like? I don't know. <laughs> um, oh yeah, when BB was a kid. Yeah, I guess that's more just like a general. It's not really anyone's memory. It's just. I think sure. it's um calling back to the clock tower being their secret hideout place. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, because um that's why BB thought of it was because this was um, a secret place they used to go, and that's why she knew about the the secret entrance. I think it's just kind of pointing out um that that callback. Um. Also. Uh, Pell is present here too, so um, could also be Pell. I think also realizing this because we see Pell flying uh, in the sky, so it could also be that too. Yeah, we see Pell get up here because last we saw Pell, he got shot out of the sky, heading to the clock tower. That's right. Yeah, and then in this scene, there's one single cell. Of just like Pell bloodied and like getting up. Hmm. It's kind of like in the middle of the flashback sequence. Yeah. Is Pell in there? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, this is um Pell's flashback, I think, or his memory. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was looking at the, the next page. Yeah, Pell's getting up here. It's like Pell's yeah. putting it together mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Which that's actually a good point because um, like n- not to spoil like what's coming up next, but I think it's good that they're setting the stage for for this uh, situation here. Yeah, so I, I think I think this is actually um, more important than it seems at first. So it's kind of easy to like overlook, but yeah, it's actually setting some stuff up here. But yeah, I mean, crocodile like talk about like contingency plans on top of contingency plans, like yeah, right. Just when you think like you've got it, he always has another like uh, another catch. Yeah. So I think that that really just kind of increases how much I love Crocodile as a villain because he's always playing ahead. So even when like he's playing for things just in case failure does happen, he doesn't expect failure. He expects him to go correctly, but just in case he has backups on his backups on his backups. So I think this is really smart and it's also really devastating to get to this point where they <laughs> they feel relief because they seem like they got there in time and it's like, oh, just kidding. Uh, bombs on a timer. It's going to explode anyway. So what we did didn't even matter. I mean, with Baroque Works track record with the Straw Hats, I also probably would have set a contingency plan there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to want to die. So they. Uh, it seems like the um, contingency plans are necessary. Even though Crackdown didn't anticipate the Straw Hats being here at all. So he was just very cautious. Mm-hmm. And the Straw Hats are kind of still throwing a wrench in things, but Crocodile's trying to stay one step ahead every time. He's given Captain Kuro of the Thousand Plans a run for his money here. <laughs> <laughs> Put Kuro to shame. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, I also love how we start to see like the characters that um, made the jump up to the clock tower start to fall like one by one. Like from increasing mm-hmm. like like taller heights. <laughs> like we can see like um from a distance, like we keep seeing like the the them falling. And they just like straight up hit the ground. It's, like there's no cushioning here, like Sanji looks like falls on his neck. <laughs> he gets up, no no big deal. <laughs> Zero hits the ground after being shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they're taking a beating here. Yeah, for real. And Sanji's like, what, you're alive? <laughs> also, and the chopper, chopper fell on uh, the Navy guy. <laughs> what just fell on me? <laughs> the way he runs away is so funny. And then at the end, they show uh, Mr. Seven and Mrs. Father's Day, like making body shape imprints in the ground. After after Vivi cuts the fuse and he starts hearing the ticking, the next scene, oh. <laughs> everyone hitting the ground. And we see Zoro land on his head. And then we see at the, at the bottom of that page, there's like two holes with the Miss Father's Day and Mr. Seven. <laughs> That's pretty great. I, I didn't yeah. notice that. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, it was cool seeing Vivi kick some butt. Mm. It's a cool game to see her fighting. Yeah, a little bit more effective than last time I saw her fight um, yeah. at Whiskey Peak. But to be fair, she was up against Zoro, so I mean, yeah, yeah. she didn't really stand a chance there. But a lot more competent here. Yeah, that was a rewarding scene. And then the ticking happened. I did not see that coming. I was like, yeah, I myself breathed a sigh of relief, and then <laughs> was like, no way. Yeah, they do a great job, like setting up the anticipation because, like, even the characters like, did it work? Like, what happened? What's going on? So then, like. No, nobody exploded, so they must think, okay, we did it. And then, you know, they hear uh, VB say there's bad news, and then she tells them it's still gonna explode. Man, again, this, this, this whole—it's just so two steps forward, one step back, one step into an explosion. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's just, man, nobody can catch a break. You think, yeah. oh, Luffy's got the water. He can figure it out. Nope. Crocodile still has some special poison. Oh, they cut the rope. Nope. It's on a timer. It's just. Yeah. You, you think they got it. And then, like, actually, fuck you. Like, uh, <laughs> just... All right. All right. You jerk. You and crocodiles jerk. and crocodiles right there that tell everyone of their shortcomings. I feel like yeah. in the beginning of this chapter is another time where Croc is just putting Luffy down. For like the third time. Yeah. And um, yeah. And he also does the same to Vivi when he defeats Vivi. Mm -hmm. He's just like. Really and the kicking off for us. Yeah. Like everybody. like He has such an arrogance to him. It's like awesome. Yeah. Because he, he knows he's better than everybody. And he has no problem telling you how he's so much better than you. Yeah. Because he is. Yeah. He's incredibly powerful. He can back it up. All right. You guys ready to move on? Yeah. Ready. Moving on to Hachi's Block on the C4, Volume 23. Octopus further punch. Hachi destroys Macro's ship, saving Kami in the process. Kaboom. <laughs> just like Luffy, he's not here to be a hero. He just um, accidentally saved somebody, but he wanted to get back at Macro. So that's what his mm -hmm. intentions are here. I love the look on this one seagull's face, though. His eyes just like popping out. <laughs> I'm just okay. noticing the jolly, the jolly Roger that kind of looks like their main, their main guy. Yeah, and then even the uh, exclamation mark has his um, jolly yeah. Roger in the bone. I love that. Nice little touch. Yeah. Oh, the, the dolphin now too. I didn't notice the dolphin. You know, the dolphin's face, like his eyes popping out too. So like last time he looked sad, now he's like shocked. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was great. Okay, chapter 208, Guardian Spirit. Vivi begins to despair as all hope is lost. They came so close to being able to save everyone, but Crocodile's always one step ahead. Crocodile dismisses Luffy, stating he is already practically defeated. Luffy refuses to stand down despite how badly both fighters are beaten, declaring that he will be the king of the pirates. Crocodile lunges in as he tells Luffy he's just like all the other fools who don't know their place. Luffy slams his hook down with his foot, smashing the poison hook as he tells Crocodile he'll defeat him. Vivi notices Pell standing next to her at the top of the clock tower. He thinks back to how Vivi was such a handful as a child, but he's always cared for her and has been an honor serving the Nefertari family. He transforms into a falcon, the Garden Spear of Alabasta, and carries a bomb into the sky and away from the city. Vivi looks on in horror as the bomb explodes. Whew. Okay, um, I think we have to start with Evan on this one. Well, y'all know I've been a really big Pell fan ever mm -hmm. since he was introduced. Yeah. Um, and I think that this was an incredible sacrifice. Um, and yeah, I thought that was a cool char character arc for Pell as well. Um, like that, the moment when um, they're alluding to like the like protector of or the spirit of Alabasta. And then you have Chaco, who's the other like spirit guardian guy. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, pal. That was amazing. Yeah. Saved so, like the whole kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, that, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. And we've seen Pell as a character. Um, he, he's been super cool, like you said, but we, we kind of, we know that he, has that sense of duty and mm -hmm. honor to the Nefertari family. So he knows that the sacrifice is for the good of the kingdom. And he's the only one that can really stop it at this point. Otherwise, like everybody's about to die. So he takes them for the team and he carries off the, the bomb into the sky. And then, uh, yeah, minimizes the, the casualties. What a hero. A real hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's doing it for heroic reasons? He... <laughs> yeah. Uh, pour one out for for the Birdman. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and we also get a little flashback here too. Um, doesn't exactly put Pell in the best light. Um, kind of like w w with what we saw with uh... Belmere. It's it's more of like uh, disappointing, like as a parent. Um, but yeah, smacking VB in the face. Um. Not unlike uh, Wapple, who hit VB as a the kid at the the last meeting. Mm. No, uh, to totally different circumstances, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Pell yells at VB for saying like like I was so worried about you. Like don't don't do that. So yeah, Pell truly cares about VB. Like there's no doubt yeah. about it. So despite mm. the, the smack to the face, it's yeah, you know, it was it was meant to. It was out of frustration, but like because he cares so much. And then uh, Igram like flips out after this too. Um, when the Cobra's like, like chill out, Igram. It's okay. We're just displaying the the kid. It's it's all good. Yeah, this is a touching backstory, and then like riding off into the sunset. Yeah, they kind of, kind of making up to to BB by taking her for a, a ride behind the king's back. Yep. <laughs> I like this whole panel of uh, Pell's smile in the Falcon form too. 
It's mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of sweet. Yep. Damn. Yeah, like I really, I really liked Paul's like, character. Yeah. It, this whole sequence, I think, is really great, too, the way it's um, portrayed here, because there's not a lot of dialogue. There's, like, a lot of quiet. Um, as you see Pell grab the bomb, and we can kind of see the statue of the Falcon starting to crumble away. Um, yeah, and then we see, like, the, the look of horror on BB's face as, like, we see, like, the ticking. And, you know, then... Kaboom. I love that Zoro calls him the bird guy. <laughs> the bird guy. He just says like so uh, like so seriously. I love how the bomb has like a giant stopwatch on it. Like a like one of the kitchen timers. <laughs> and then I love the intensity with the um, the fight with Luffy and Crocodile. This kind of like going around like in the background at the same time as like all this. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like an ongoing thread. Like a lot of these like um like shots in the fight are like really, really cool, and like we talked about before, like they've just kind of gotten to a point where there's like all brawl and just kind of punching each other. Um, but they're definitely getting tired here, and I love this panel where Luffy takes his foot and he smashes Crocodile's arm into the ground to break the hook. Yeah. So like, like I, I love this panel here in particular. Finally, doing some damage, some yeah. like visible, visible damage. And then Luffy asserting that he's going to be the king of the pirates. So even in the situation after being defeated twice by Crocodile, he's not intimidated. He still thinks he's going to win. Um, he's adamant to beat Crocodile. He tells him, I will defeat you. But yeah, he stands up to Crocodile after like Crocodile is kind of like, yeah, you're you're a small fry. Like I've seen like a million people like you, like you're nobody special. And Luffy is determined to prove him wrong. Yeah, some really awesome panels in here of the fighting. They're both pretty bloody at this point. I wonder if that's why Croc hasn't really been shape-shifting very much because he's covered in blood. Yeah, it could be. Um, I think where he's realizing his sand power is going to be less effective now. So yeah. it's kind of, kind of come down to uh, straight-up uh, fist fighting. <laughs> Just the cuffs. Any other thoughts before we move on? I'm good. Chappelle. Chappelle. <laughs> Pouring out for the homie. Okay. Hachi's Walk on the C4 Volume 24. But we didn't trick you. After the ship is destroyed and uh, being beaten by Hachi, Macro tells him that they were telling the truth about the map to the octopus fritter recipe. Okay, now Hachi's confused. <laughs> He's like, wait. Okay, so uh, <laughs> there actually was a recipe there? So I think uh, Hachi just didn't look uh, thoroughly enough. Mermaid's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the Popeye arm too. Yep. And then the other two uh members of Macro's pirate crew are just kind of crying in the water over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about we get Evan's summary for the next chapter? All right. Chapter 209. I will defeat you. Dismissing the massive explosion above the kingdom, the rebel and royal armies continue to battle. BV pleads for the fighting to stop, and Nami encourages the rest of the Straw Hats to stop the fighting at all costs. Underground, Luffy starts to put a beating on Crocodile. Crocodile replaces his broken hook with a dagger, but Luffy sends him flying towards the ceiling. Crocodile uses a Sable's Pesado attack in midair, destroying the Colosseum. 
sorry, the mausoleum. Uh, Luffy inflates and exhales downward, launching himself towards Crocodile. They trade blows, but Luffy's gum gum storm pow overpowers Crocodile and sends him flying through the roof of the mausoleum. Wow, what, <laughs> like what, are, like a like a panel over here. Um, yeah, I, I love the absolute um, like intensity of like this fight here, but like this this panel here, like in particular, where uh, we see Luffy just launching like the fist into Crocodile. Like this is like some of my favorite. Um, I think it's some of my, my favorite like shots of like Luffy's fight so far. Mm -hmm. yeah the description is short because this is almost just all fight yeah. but it's so, <laughs> it's so beautiful like it's so well done yeah you can really feel the weight of the punches that luffy's throwing at this point 100 <laughs> percent. and the way that luffy like uh like blows the air down after like twisting up like in the, the giant uh balloon yep so the way he launches himself up is also pretty awesome um, like Cro Crocodile is like baffled by by Luffy. He's like, "How is this guy still fighting after all the poison? Like, this should have, like got more of his strength." And Luffy's still going all at it, full force. He knocks uh Crocodile up in the air and comes right in after him and just finishes him off with a like a brutal series of punches and yeah, sends sends Croc flying right in the air. Yeah, the Gum Gum Storm's a man at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the abominable snowman <laughs> yeah this is a great fight sequence yeah. and it's cool they show the um, when they each throw like their finishing move um the when crocodile throws the spada and you see lump luffy's um fist like punching through it it's like the turning point, and then he does the storm, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, pretty impressive. When I first read this, and you got like Vivi uh, on the clock tower, just she just keeps shouting, stop fighting, stop fighting, and stuff. And like, at first, I'm like, this is, this is like, they're not going to hear you, but I, no. I think it becomes clear. That's not, she's not yelling at them. She's yelling at the situation and not comprehending why they're still fighting. Yeah. She's kind yeah. of breaking down at this point. She's, she's, yeah. she's, this is a mental break. This isn't like a, why don't they hear me from a thousand, right. a hundred feet up, whatever. It's, right. How can you still keep fighting each other after this massive explosion? And right. It's just, it's just the futility of battle and like the exactly. futility of all the loss of life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's pure frustration after that explosion. <laughs> And then um, also, I love Nami's reaction too. How like Nami starts crying when she notices Vivi like having this this breakdown, and she's like full because like she knows like Vivi's like kind of just yelling into the wind over here. But like Nami recognizes Vivi's plight and is like, "We need to do something. Like we can't have this happen anymore." Like, they've kind of like reached the breaking point. So it's like, "All right, we need to stop this. Like, what's going to take to get these people to stop fighting?" Um. And even like Tashigi is also kind of like um, these moments too, where she's like, "Like this is madness. Like, how come? Why won't why won't they stop fighting? Did they not just see what happened?" And I just wanted to uh, bounce back to Crocodile real quick because, to the point that we we're making earlier, how Crocodile always has like a backup plan, <laughs> even after his weapon 
And so he had a weapon under his weapon, and now has another weapon under that weapon. So he has oh, a, just gonna bring a that knife. Up. <laughs> he has a knife under his hook that got destroyed. <laughs> the Plan C knife. <laughs> yeah, so I just said that was um, a nice little uh, touch for Crocodile here as well. And Crocodile's also kind of thinking back to how it feels like no, like a nobody, like Mr. Five and Ms. Valentine were defeated. Who did this? Luffy never heard of him. Must be a mistake. So like he wasn't really taking Luffy as a threat seriously before, and now he's kind of realizing he underestimated, he underestimated Luffy. It's kind of coming back to bite him here. I love his full like split kick, which is like when you consider he's a rubber person, it's not actually that <laughs> impressive because it's like okay, yeah, his entire body can be stretched in any manner, but it's still funny to me of just that full straight in the air kick yeah like, <laughs> complete split down the middle <laughs> it's just a great visual it's like you learned that one from yes. sanji yeah yeah so i'm just like i taught him that <laughs> like no you didn't you don't talk to him at all about that <laughs> it was cool seeing um the gum gum storm attack i feel like it's the gum gum gatling but with feeling <laughs> because <laughs> it's essentially the same move right it's just more intense i think part of it is because he spun himself up into the air mm. so i think that's where it becomes less gatling and more storm but yeah I, I think it's essentially the same technique that he would use with the gatling that checks out because when crocodile sent flying through the roof there's a clear like spiral cyclone spin to his um, ass kicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty really satisfying. Got literally sent up through the ground, and I think it's in the next chapter. But someone's like, there was a lot of bedrock <laughs> between <laughs> between the mausoleum and the, the ground. Some hit. <laughs> yeah, some some real uh, real power behind those punches. And this is a moment I really like in the anime. Um, the anime, like in some cases, has used like, um, like symphony music, um, like you know pieces that exist in like our world. Like uh, I think they use Bach at one point, and like over here, I believe they use um, the Borchak's uh, New World Symphony. Mm. So like, like it really kind of helps like make this moment feel like triumphant, and it's it's pretty epic the way that they actually use the, the music here. So this cool. kind of stood out to me in that in that way. Okay, how about we move on? Let's do it. Hachi's walk on the seafloor, volume 25. The legendary secret sauce is found inside the top of a grade A ingredient. Hachi goes back to the defeated Octomash, along with Kami and Papagoo, finding the secret sauce was inside of it. So, yeah, it, it was there. It was just hiding in the Octomash. Apparently it had uh, like an open lid that you could just open the top of it. Did you say the secret goo? <laughs> a secret sauce. <laughs> it's a Big Mac sauce. Nice. It's good stuff. <laughs> what? How did they do? How did they do the? Or did they not do the side stories in the anime? Did they cover this kind of stuff? Yeah. So they stopped doing them. Got it. Uh, they did the first two. And then they, I think before one of the movies, they had like a version of the Django one, but it wasn't like actually like the way the story played out. It wasn't uh, the full thing. It was just like they had Django in like the Mirabal Island and the Straw Hats showed up there. But 
Um, other than that, they didn't really touch the um, the cover stories. Gotcha. Yeah, missed yeah, miss opportunity because there's some details that get brought up here. They're just straight missing from the anime. So it's kind of like, oops. <laughs> just pretend you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, what a long title for this one, though. For such a short story. Okay, let's move on to chapter 210-0. Sanji stops fighting as he points out a defeated crocodile who was knocked into midair. VB and the Star Hats realize Luffy won. Even though the crocodile has lost, VB is upset that the fighting continues. Out of desperation, she shouts for everyone to stop fighting. Clouds begin to form as it starts to rain. The fighting pauses as everyone is surprised to see the rain. The noise settles down and the smoke begins to clear, allowing all to hear Vivi's shout to stop fighting. The crowd recognizes Vivi and realizes that Crocodile has been defeated. Cobra expresses his gratitude to Luffy as the crypt begins to collapse around them. Yeah, so Crocodile has officially been defeated. Took three tries, but Luffy did it. Wow, wait. Third time's a charm. <laughs> it's one that counts. <laughs> and you know he's not getting up in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to neutralize him right now. <laughs> um, but just to start out here, uh, I love that Chopper is biting this guy's head. <laughs> he's going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And even when he notices like crocodile up in the sky, he still has his uh, teeth on this dude's head. But he's like looking up. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So this is a really triumphant moment, and we can finally get a little bit of relief here because there's been so much tension buildup and suspense, and we've been seeing how nothing's been going right, no matter like what they did. So the fact that crocodile has been defeated now does make it feel like there's a big weight that's been lifted. Um, and BB also has this moment too where she can kind of sigh in relief, but then there's a, a quick turn where like BB's still seeing that they're still fighting, even though he's been defeated. And you know, like we talked about last time, she was really desperate, but now she's like really like pushing for um, everybody to stop fighting and really needs to be heard here. And it's just a fortunate timing that now that Crocodile has been defeated, uh, it starts to rain. I thought it was cool how they, they saw the rain or they showed the rain start with like the actual droplets, like coming out of the sky. And like, it was almost like a point of view of the water droplets falling onto Alabasta. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get um, a little bit more information as to how crocodile has been keeping the rain away. Um, coming up shortly. Um, we'll get that in this volume, but we'll, we'll leave it at that for right now. But now crocodile and Luffy get their uh, falling moments too. Everybody's got to fall in this, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in this volume, Koza's alive. Which Yay. is yeah. like last time we saw him, he got shot. Yeah, he's all good. He's good. The rain woke him up, <laughs> and the uh, Usopp's reaction here to somebody uh, calling calling him Sarah Crocodile. <laughs> Yeah, what a relief. Hope. Yeah, and, it's yeah. like everything, everything kind of, yeah, everything kind of concludes here. Yeah. Said, falling. So does, does Usopp actually make contact? Is he kicking Crocodile's body or is he, is he still up in the tower? I'm trying to figure out what's, where they are. Um, They're on the ground. Okay. Because that's the only way we can actually defeat Crocodile is if Usopp kicks him. 
<laughs> he was going to get back up otherwise. Usopp showed him. He just sure just throwing a tantrum. <laughs> Cobra is very is very calm as the entire palace collapses around him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get. It. He's just like, oh, good. Uh, the country's okay. Everything's okay. I'm dead as, as hell, I guess. But <laughs> now we're all, all good. Goofy's big ass smile. Yeah. <laughs> it was nothing. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Nothing. My new concoction of fatal fuel. And he just runs over and pours it in his jaw. New and improved formula. <laughs> new and improved formula. Now with 50% less death. Luffy <laughs> uh, probably does need something for this poison, though. He does. <laughs> that, that That is still a bit of a concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really seem to affect him a whole lot. Slowed him down a little yeah. bit. I think he coughed a couple times, but overall, I handled that pretty well. Yeah, I think that's one of my only complaints really about this fight here is that, um, like you said, it doesn't really seem to affect him in any anyway. So it's just kind of like there to say that he's been poisoned, but he's still fighting at full capacity. He doesn't seem like he's in any real danger. He kind of ignores the poison, and it doesn't really add any more danger to the fight. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a like a, like a non point, really. Yeah, he needs that formula. Yeah, <laughs> tells you in, tells you in four minutes. Or... <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed to be effective or your money back. <laughs> <laughs> they have a hundred percent success rate on this one, so. <laughs> Nobody's asked for a refund ever. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, so th- this is pretty much just kind of wrapping up uh, this fight here. Um, you know, the, the ending uh, the, of the fight is here. It's kind of, you know, wrapping up uh, both the the war aspect and the the fight between Luffy and Crocodile. Uh, we can kind of move on and um, try to recover from this here. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, let's get Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 26. Now that I've got Macro's Treasure 2, there's no way she'll turn me down. Happy with his new haul, Hachi is liking his chances that Octopaco will accept his proposal this time. He's very optimistic. <laughs> Better than those takoyaki he offered her last time. <laughs> I know that that's still in the game plan too, but now he's got money to back it up. <laughs> it's got the secret sauce this time, so. <laughs> so Hachi goes back, destroys Macro's ship, takes his treasure, and gets the recipe that uh, he got in exchange for the mermaid. And he gets to keep uh, his friends with uh, the mermaid and the Papagoo here. So <laughs> Hachi's worked out, out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, really showing he's. Um, He's a pirate through and through. Okay, Evan, how about you give us your summary for the next chapter? Chapter 211, King. The rain continues to fall, but Vivi's call for peace is being questioned by the armies. Lord Chaka appears, telling the royal army to throw down their weapons. Then Ingram arrives, carrying Kappa, who tells the truth about the attack in Nanana. Finally, Koza speaks up, and all the soldiers drop their weapons as the truth sinks in. Vivi rushes down the clock tower to find the Straw Hats alive, but terribly exhausted. 
Then King Cobra arrives with the sleeping Luffy on his back. Cobra finally meets the pirates who brought Vivi back to Alabasta and helped save the kingdom. He tells them that Luffy saved his life. Vivi, Vivi and Cobra leave to address the people as the Straw Hats take a group power nap. Meanwhile, Tashigi stands over an unconscious Sir Crocodile, arresting him and stripping him of all rank and warlord status. King Cobra addresses the sorrowful people of Alabasta and tells them they must move forward united. Long live Alabasta. Finally, the civil war has come to an end. The war is over and everyone's alive. Because yeah. <laughs> this is Ingram's first reveal, right? Uh, well, we saw him like two volumes ago, I think. We saw like one panel of him walking back in town. Right. So we saw that he was still alive, but nobody knew he was alive. Right, but pub- publicly. Yeah, so he publicly makes his reappearance, confirming to everybody he- he's actually fine. Yep. And he comes with um, good news. And Chaka's alive. And Koza's alive. Yeah, Chaka's all good. So the the first time I saw the panel of Koza sitting up and speaking, he's like exhaling. So there's like little... Um, um, little puffs. Little puffs. But I thought they were both like holes in his chest from when he got <laughs> shot. <laughs> I was like, oh man, Koza's looking rough. <laughs> he got, got two holes, Like up. two holes straight through. <laughs> <laughs> he is not gonna live long. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, but thankfully, not bullet holes. Just exhale. <laughs> you know what the perfect time is for him with those two bullet holes? Perfect time for him to drink <laughs> a tall oh, no, glass he... of cider. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it's. I, I like the the way that. Um, Kappa comes back here, and he he has a bigger role than you know just getting you know killed off by like Mister Two. Uh, so I, I like that that little point comes back into the story and it ends up being the thing that yeah. kind of convinces everybody that you know what they're saying is true. You can actually believe the um like the royal guards in the royal kingdom like they they actually weren't guilty in this situation. Um. So we've all been deceived, and like the Royal Army realizes that they've been manipulated. Um, so it's unfortunate, but at least they can kind of start to heal. And Cobra is very much in that spirit. So he's not like, we're going to take all you rebels in, put you in prison, and you know, uh, like he's like, let's move on. Like, this is a very like, tra- like tragic thing that's happened. But the only way to get past this and to grow as a country is to move on and heal and learn from our mistakes. The veins in his face. Yeah. (laughs) How did he survive the collapsing of the thing? It's just fatal fuel. Fatal fuel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No. um... Yeah. I mean, maybe he just, uh, Got out of there in time. Like it looked pretty bad, but I think maybe they, they just got kind of lucky and were able to climb out the rubble. And he uh, carries Luffy out to safety. I love that page mm-hmm. when you see Cobra carrying Luffy, and then you see the Straw Hats like valiantly coming back, and <laughs> and Usopp <laughs> is just being dragged by his foot. Like Zoro's literally just dragging himself <laughs> on the back. Yeah. yeah, that's great. 
Hey, I'm not a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, I think Cobra's reactions are all just really great. I love that it shows he's he is like a benevolent benevolent king in this case. Yeah. Um, he's grateful to these pirates who helped um the country and his daughter. Um he doesn't hold a grudge against the the citizens and he's very much in the spirit of um you know healing. So I think he, he does a really great job of showing what kind of king he is in this chapter. Yeah, this was a cool... Um, this is because it's the first time they're all meeting, which was kind of cool. So it was kind mm. of like a, they met at the end of all of it. Yeah, and they, they don't realize that he's the king at first and they uh, connect right. the dots after. And then everyone just collapses from exhaustion. Yeah. It's been a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they tell BB to go on ahead. Just like BB, you can't be seen with uh, these pirates. You have to move on. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, say and rest here. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Tashigi standing over Croc and the like there's kind of like a montage two pages following that of just like random shots all over the city. Um and we see a bunch of the other Baroque works members and agents like all incapacitated except for bon clay who's up up and about mm. um but i would take that i would like take that to assume that they all got arrested right i feel like that's why we're seeing would, them yeah i would say that's a fair assumption here yeah because they're all kind of helpless and uh yeah the, the navy is more like um aware of what's going on yeah, and we just got the Navy like sentencing uh, Crocodile. Yeah. So we we see what the uh, the consequences are for um, one of the seven warlords kind of um, taking advantage of their their station and abusing their power. So it's good that justice is being served in this way. Um, so it's like you didn't have this much immunity. Like you, you had a. You know, pretty sweet gig going on here, and you abuse it. Now we're taking away your license. Yep. You think Crocodile's like, is he conscious? Is he hearing this? I don't <laughs> like, know. Because <laughs> otherwise, like, he's going to wake up like an hour from now and be like, all right, I'm still Warlord at least. Yeah. Like, you know, back <laughs> that. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Where am I? Why am I in a prison ship? What's going on? <laughs> Where's my coat? Where's my big coat? <laughs> They're going to take his big coat from him. <laughs> yeah, that's a real penalty. And we get a little, uh, looks like a little salute with the super, the supersonic duck squadron. Yes. Love those guys. <laughs> I don't know if it's a salute or if it's all just like looking up at the rain. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but they, they all seem to be kind of like... Uh... Enjoying the rain here because the car is looking up. Have we cut back to the old man in the village yet? Or no, I didn't miss that though. We saw a flashback oh, um, of him or, or like a thing of him being like, the rain will come or something. Yeah, but yeah, I think we'll get that later on. This we'll volume. get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is um, just like a really great um, way to uh, to end the war in Alabasta. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of tying things up in a nice little bow. 
long live Alabasta. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next part of the cover story. Tachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 27. Meanwhile, Octopaco is on the move. Octopaco travels with her pair of fish. We'll see if Hachi can uh, keep up. Okay, uh, not too much there. So, <laughs> uh, Chapter 212, Some Justice. Over at the north coast of Alabasta, Smoker has commandeered Baroque Works ship Downpour that has been using the dance powder to steal the rain. Smoker meets with Navy Captain Black Cage Hina to request aid from her elite squadron. She thinks it's overkill to use her squadron just for one ship, but reluctantly agrees. He suggests that she tell the downpour back to headquarters, but Hina says he should uh, take it along with Crocodile as Tashiki is already bringing him in. He flips a coin, which Hina loses, and suck with cleanup. Back in the city, Tashiki orders her men to stand down as they try to capture the Straw Hats, who are all unconscious in the street. Phoebe is concerned about Koza, but he says he's fine as the rest of Albas rejoices at the rainfall, which continue for days. During the night, Vivi watches the rainfall with Igram as she wishes she could thank Pell. The next day, Tashiki reports the Smoker at the eastern port, Tamarisk. She apologizes for aiding the, the Straw Hats, but Smoker tells her not to apologize as she was just following her sense of justice. She corrects him and said she had no choice as she was not strong enough to take on Crocodile herself. Smoker tells her to either get stronger or die. She resolves to get stronger. An incoming call from headquarters comes through, the transponder snail. They call to congratulate Smoker and Tashigi, awarding them medals for the capture of Crocodile. Smoker tries to explain it was the Straw Hats that deserved the credit, but Hina tries to persuade him not to bother. Headquarters says that they will hold a ceremony for them, but despite Hina's protests, Smoker tells them to shove off. <laughs> yeah, this is a great Smoker chat. <laughs> All right, uh, thoughts on this one, guys? Well, we're introduced uh, to a new Navy captain, Hina, in the beginning. Or reintroduced. Are, is it a reintroduction? Well, we actually know her name now. But remember the the Django cover story? Uh, yeah, gotcha. there, was a, there was a woman that they were both kind of like swooning over. That's right. Okay. Yep. Now. yep. <laughs> First formal introduction. Yeah. So we didn't know what her name was. Um, she was just kind of like introduced there kind of like subtly but now we get a, like a full introduction to this character so nice kind of connecting those dots all right sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you too much there uh no i don't remember where i was going with that but i do <laughs> want to i do want to make a note about uh the straw hats all sleeping because all of those shots are hilarious <laughs> there's one shot of everyone in their beds and no one is sleeping properly in their bed like <laughs> Usopp is like doing almost like a handstand. Like Luffy's like taking up two beds. Taking up two beds. Sanji's laying on the ground with his feet up. Pretty hilarious. Actually, no, Nami is sleeping normal. Yeah, just Nami, which you would expect. Yes, Nami is sleeping perfectly safe and sound, but everyone else is freestyling. Yeah, Chopper's got like the pill out of his feet. He's on yeah. top of the blanket. So I feel like that's what Chopper would do. It's kind of the opposite of what you would normally do in that situation. Because you know how he like does like the reverse hiding thing? Yes. So I feel like that's totally in character with Chopper. Which we see. We see him hide later, which is... <laughs> yeah, like I was mentioning earlier. Um, so we see how Crocodile has been 
keeping the rain away from Alabasta was the ship the downpour. So Cracktail had a ship going around taking the rain, using the dance powder pretty much all the time. So they were keeping the rain from Alabasta because the ship was using it out on, on the ocean over here. Evil. <laughs> Capital E evil. <laughs> Yeah, also, going back um, to uh, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I really like the the end of this chapter with the moment between Tashigi and Smoker. Um, I feel like this whole time we've been saying how they're like very likable characters, and I think in this instance they become even more likable. Like, I feel like you know, Smoker denying the fact, like giving credit to the Straw Hats, I thought was a pretty admirable thing to do. Um, yeah, not the best move career wise, but. From a character standpoint, I guess. Yeah, from a character standpoint. Yeah, it shows Smoker. Um, yeah, basically recognizing his shortcomings. Like him and Tashigi recognize that they wish they could have done more to fulfill their roles. Like they have a job here and they couldn't do them effectively. So they, they recognize that without the Straw Hats help, they really wouldn't have been able to stop the situation in Alabasta. It would have been a failure. Right. Yeah, I thought that was like mature and responsible. But yeah, they are very hard on themselves, yeah. um, which I think also kind of adds to that quality. It's because they care so much, because they actually do want to be doing good. So I do think they are pretty much the, like, the first real example of um, members of the Navy that have shown to have like good qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of the other characters we've been introduced to have been pretty much uh, scum. So it's good that uh, we have a contrast there. So, you know, not not every single person in the Navy is downright rotten to the core. Definitely. And, we, and we've seen them almost collaborate with the Straw Hats a couple times now or like, you know, yeah. kind of have the same goal or um, help each other out a few times now. Yeah. Not happily, but, you know, they, they recognize right. the situation and have to kind of put, right. put aside their, um, their feelings yep. and kind of make the right move for that situation. Um, which Smoker commands Tashigi for here by saying, like, you follow your sense of justice. So, you know, she she did, she pivoted, she pivoted early because initially she did want to go after the Straw Hats. Right. That was the decision that she made. But then she decided to change and focus on helping the citizens of Alabasta. So she did pivot when she realized uh, that's where that she can help in the situation. Um, so she she did have a part in helping the situation in Alabasta maybe more than she realizes, but not um, as much as she would have liked to. Did we already mention, I'm sorry, uh, that uh, Hina talks in third person? I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. What the heck is that about? Exactly. It's just like um, one of those weird quirks that Oda does. Like yeah. We talked about like Egram going be me, 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 me. Yeah, uh, so that's just an example. It's like easy to refer back to. Yeah, this, I think it's just one of those cases where Hina uh, just chooses to speak that way. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so. It just adds a little bit of character to it, you know. I get yeah. It is worth noting though. <laughs> Sean agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do like Hina's interaction with Smoker. Like, there's a little bit of like. Um, like mutual respect for each other, but also kind of like, um, like playing, um, like po- like digging at each other a little bit too, like poking fun at each other. So it seems like they have like a pretty, 
good relationship where they kind of like recognize they're they're kind of like equals here. But mm-hmm. um, Hina kind of um, <laughs> like recognizes that Smoker is kind of like committing career suicide here by uh, <laughs> being like, uh, yeah, the Strats did it. And all right, well, we can give you a medal. Uh, we'll we'll so, uh, celebrate you publicly. No, shove it. <laughs> He's like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love Smoker's kind of like just general attitude towards like um, the higher ups. He he kind of beats to his own drum. Mm. Um, so I, I like that about Smoker here. He's not afraid to you know tell off the uh, the higher ups, which we, we seem to do a few times now. So it's mm. a pretty consistent trait of him. I wonder yep. when we're going to get to see more of the higher ups, <laughs> right? Uh. And then uh, also we had um, the scene that you were talking about, Sean. Sorry, what? Uh, we had the the scene that you were talking about with the the rainfall. Oh down. yes, so finally all... the old the old man finally mm-hmm. gets what it's he wanted. Little... Just three years. That's all it took. <laughs> see, <laughs> no, no big. <laughs> Yeah, how long uh well this uh you know lack of rain lasts what what two months, right? <laughs> the year the rain went away was twenty twenty. Oh no. This is their COVID <laughs> outbreak was the no rain instead. Like... We get a little um scene of the, the fighting uh, dugongs over here. Kinda happily uh, enjoying the rain. Protecting the merry go. Yeah. Okay, you guys ready to move on? Ready. Yep. Okay, so uh, we're going to take um, a little break from the cover story, and we'll get Evan's summary for the next chapter. All right. Chapter 213, VIP. While Vivi and Chopper tend to Luffy's wounds, a doctor at the Royal Palace praises Chopper for his skill in medicine and is surprised to hear he's from the Drum Island. As the citizens begin rebuilding their city, which was ravaged by the war, the Straw Hats begin making their preparations. Finally, after three days of sleep, Luffy wakes up and has a big appetite, bigger than normal. The king has a royal feast prepared, which quickly turns into a raucous dinner party as Luffy eats everything in sight. Afterwards, everyone retires to the bathhouse to relax, and King Cobra humbly thanks the Straw Hats for everything they've done for him and his kingdom. That night, the Straw Hats discuss their departure. Meanwhile, Chaka and Ingram receive two wanted posters, one for Zoro with a 60 million berry reward, and Luffy's for a whopping 100 million berries. It's a lot of berries. Whoa. Damn. <laughs> Alright, where do you guys want to start on this one? Uh, start at the beginning. That's a good place to start. Uh, Chopper's <laughs> interaction with the um the doctor here I thought was kind of funny because you yeah. can kind of see Chopper's um, not used to praise, like coming from like being Kureha's um, apprentice, um, had no idea how to handle uh, praise, which I thought was really <laughs> cute. Yeah. Yeah. I love this little um, bit that Chopper does. Yeah. He's used to tough love. So yeah, yeah but the, the doctor seems to understand what Chopper means. Like he's like kind of reading between the lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a fun little interaction. Like Chopper's face the whole time too, as he's like grinding, um, like with the mortar, um, yep. like the little face he has. Like, yeah, I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> we also get some like classic falling action after all of their big fights, like uh, Zoro 
training intensively. Sanji and, and uh, Usopp are chilling. Do a little shopping. Do a little shopping. Getting some groceries. But I do love these mo- those moments, like after the the big fights, when you kind of get like little little bites of like, you know, just that, just like the characters being themselves, like not in like chaos, like catastrophe right. mode. <laughs> yeah, not always uh, fighting for their lives, like like yeah, the little right. moments. Yeah, just chilling. And then that, now you're looking at the the books as well, like those. Oh yes. Books. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a nice little touch too. That's now he's like excited to read the book, and Cobra's like, I read them all, so yeah, feel free to take what you want. <laughs> Very chill. I love how they're all, they're all mentioning how they were enjoying like the peace and quiet with Luffy sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Luffy wakes up and is like immediately incredibly loud and like demanding food, <laughs> as you'd expect, and demanding his hat. Yeah. That was one of his first, that's, that's important. first things he wanted. We have this also this uh, great moment too, where Chaka's at the front of the palace, and he's telling the the navy that the pirates aren't here. Like I don't know what pirates are talking about. And then meanwhile, like uh, Sanji and Usopp walk by, and like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, no pirates here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. I'm glad Chaka survived. I definitely thought Chaka was a goner. He took it pretty rough too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think the thing that was hurt the most was his pride getting defeated off panel like that was pretty pretty brutal that was pretty brutal i love zoro's one boulder on each arm yeah <laughs> love that um it's also cool in that moment he's kind of talking about being able to like call back the power that he was able to unleash fighting uh mr one mm. yeah so that's where zoro's had that he's like i still need to get stronger like even though he yeah. won it's like that, that's still not enough. I have to keep training. And on that note too, because we also see uh, that Chopper is scolding him for training. <laughs> have you been training again? What? That's my business. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm your doctor. Where are your bandages? <laughs> they hinder my movements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so badass. Yeah, that's great. Did I? I uh, Igaram. I'll never get tired of Igaram just doing. Wait, oh, right. Okay, that's not Igarum, right? That's oh. Terracotta. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's so good. Easy mistake. <laughs> Easy mistake. They make it. Yeah. <laughs> some some, uh, some couples uh, just look alike. Yeah. <laughs> they, they go to the uh, same hairstylist. Yeah, we'll get the family special. <laughs> 100% Luffy is eating the plates as well when he sucks all the food up there, right? Like, he's not making any discrimination. <laughs> Yeah, that is hilarious. Like Luffy's first reaction, though, was like, "Igram, you're alive." <laughs> <laughs> What's with that outfit? Look like a woman. <laughs> I've heard of look-alike couples, but <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they uh, go all out with the feast. So, um, we're seeing now. Uh, a full-on feast after an arc, so this, like the post-arc feast. Uh, we've seen one after Arlong Park. You know they had mm-hmm. that little feast. Um, you know now they're kind of like again the royal feast here, so enjoying themselves and taking a little moment to relax and uh, eat eat their fill. Yeah, Luffy's and, uh... not relaxed. Luffy <laughs> <laughs> is on a mission. But yeah, they're up to the task. Like they're not intimidated by uh, Luffy's appetite. So Luffy's even eating the food off of uh, like Usopp's plate. 
Yep. <laughs> so Usopp hits him with the pepper sauce. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And then realizes that eyelash is sitting next to him. Is like, when did you get here? <laughs> yeah, oh, Chopper's, Chopper's doing the... Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Chopper's doing the, the thing in the nose and the mouth again from like 30 chap, 40 chapters ago or whatever the, it was. The chopsticks. The chopsticks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we first joined the crew. Yeah, I love this scene. I love all the shenanigans yeah. that are going on. And then the bathhouse scene, the same thing, like all the shenanigans. They're, everyone's just like having a good time being themselves. You yeah, guys I, noticed that... Um, um, you guys notice that Chopper can't peek properly. He does the <laughs> he does his, his uh, terrible version of hiding. Terrible peek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for Chopper. <laughs> no, I think uh, Sanji's hearts above his head were giving it away. Yeah. Yeah, we get um one of these iconic moments of uh the happiness punch. Where instead of uh, Nami like you know shying away, she's like, oh, "Here, I'm going to show you all, but it's going to cost you." <laughs> so, so I do question thousand dollars each. <laughs> considering the cat, like this feels almost like, like did why did Luffy even go up there in the first place? And then like why did that affect him? Because he's always struck me as like basically asexual. Like, <laughs> I think this will be addressed in an SBS question. Oh, it it is. I don't even know. I think that. it it comes up. Um, you know, Chopper, same kind of deal. Um, like eyelashes. Yeah, they seem a little. Eyelashes <laughs> we've already seen kind of being like a, yeah, like <laughs> like a lady's camel in the past. So I guess so. <laughs> Wait, who is peeking? Because it's it's Luffy, it's Luffy, Igaram, Sanji. Like, why did Igaram look? <laughs> Curiosity, <laughs> and uh, Cobra looks too. And Cobra, yeah. so Zoro's Zoro is the only one who doesn't look. I think so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Right next to Sanji. I think Cobra <laughs> and Igram looking is pretty shameful. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, they get called out for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all like, shameful, but extra shameful. <laughs> yeah, Co Cobra's got like the nosebleed, and they call him a dirty old man. Yeah. <laughs> And then they move on. Yeah, so yeah, this is um, kind of like one of those awkward right. scenes. But um... you're right, though. Luffy isn't like peeking. Luffy's just like looking because that's what everyone's doing. Well, yeah, his his face is the only one that isn't like yeah, like he's just like he's, he's not trying to hide confused, at all. Which is <laughs> like, oh, looking okay. I'll go after like Nami flashes them, Luffy's not like oh whatever. He yeah. he thuds and falls down supposedly too. At least I don't know. I'm making too big of a deal out of this, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say um, you're not the only person who points us out. So yep. yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this comes up in an SBS question. So be on the lookout for that. I will. We'll get Oda's uh, response to this. <laughs> um, a more um, like I think a sweet moment is Zoro scrubbing down Chopper. Yeah, like, I feel like Zoro kind of takes on like a little bit of like um, a caretaker role for Chopper sometimes. Um, so we see here, he, he kind of like treats him as like a younger brother in a way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's just kind of <laughs> scrubbing them down, which I think is uh, pretty cool. <laughs> and then, uh, like the next panel we see, uh, like, it looks like Luffy and Usopp are like 
like the waterfall on them like they're training like they think they're ninjas or something <laughs> and so i was like what are you training for <laughs> excellent hilarious yeah so it's just like really goofy um yeah they're having fun just enjoying the the bath then Cobra gets serious and like thanks everybody for um you know what they've done. Um, so he he says he's like right now like I'm I'm an equal to you like I, I've disrobed. Uh, so. <laughs> it's it's, it's funny but it's also, also a certain it's also a certain it it kind of makes a certain amount of sense of like at this point it's like y'all, whatever king it's meaningless. Thank you. It's like it's nice in its own mm. kind of weird way. It really works, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's saying like I'm I'm just coming to you now as uh, not as a king, but as a father and a citizen of the land. Yeah. Like I appreciate what you've done. Thank you. Like you done us a great favor. And all Luffy's got to add is a he he. Come on, Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then yeah, the chapter ends on a different note where oh, yeah. Egrom's in the panic because he finds out that now uh. They have um, an increased bounty on Luffy, and Zoro's got a bounty now, too. So not just a captain. So Zoro's making a name for himself as a, a pirate. <laughs> I, I love the photos that are using these posters. Like, Zoro looks like a total badass with, like, blood on his face and, like, smoke and shadows <laughs> in the background. And then there's Luffy, who's, like, smiling, like, ear to ear, like, waving. And Usopp's making a little cameo, it looks like. Yes, he is. Yeah, the most Which important part. Out. <laughs> this is also, I can now, the poster on my wall is this, I think this exact one. Same one? Something. Yeah. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so Zoro is now on the other end of the Bounty Hunter game. Yeah. Right. He's you, you almost wonder if he thinks he could hunt himself for <laughs> like maybe you know nami nami would be thinking that way like uh can i, right? can I collect my own bounty <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah so they the end of the chapter on that note but like egram rushes to go warn them so all right uh hachi's walk on the sea floor volume 28 alas the village of the headband wearing catfish is crushed by a shipwreck Octopaco is amused by the plight of the catfish villagers whose homes have been destroyed. Hachi sure knows how to pick them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, nobody else is laughing. <laughs> I no, guess no, not. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not liking this uh, octopus lady here. Yeah. Okay, let's get chapter 214, Strategy to Escape the Sand Kingdom. Igram rushes to warn the Straw Hats about Luffy and Zoro's bounties, but he finds Vivi sitting alone. She informs him that they have already left. Over at Nanohana Port, Jongo and Full Body finish securing an enemy pirate ship as he and his subordinates have set up a blockade around all of Alabaster's ports. Her subordinate informs her of one small problem. They haven't been able to locate the ship of the Straw Hats. As the Stray Hats travel on the Supersonic Duck Squadron, they try to cheer Nami up, who seems to be sad to be leaving Vivi behind. Turns out, she's just sad they never got the one billion berries Egram had promised her. At the palace, Vivi says that she will be heading to bed, as she has a big day tomorrow. Egram remembers that she'll be giving a big speech to the kingdom. As Vivi tries to sleep, she thinks about how she misses her friends and recalls her earlier events. 
The crew received a call on the transponder snail from Mr. Two, who explains that he has taken their ship. They decide they should leave right now to retrieve it, but Bibi is conflicted. She is considering joining the crew. Nami lays out that they will make a detour to pick her up at the East Port at 12 p.m. in case she decides to join them. Back in the present, they meet with Mr. Two and bid farewell to the Supersonic Duck Squadron. He explains that they are friends now that Brookworks has been disbanded, so he's been protecting the ship. It wasn't because he was stuck here himself and totally wouldn't need their help getting out of Alabasta. They celebrate their repaired friendship, but the Navy reports to Hina that the Mary has been sighted. Alright, thoughts on this one? Hina is very dissatisfied. Not with this <laughs> chapter, but... <laughs> Said Hina. <laughs> we get to see uh, Django in full body make their return. Yep, there they are. After their uh, cover story. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still um, all about their dancing. So after yeah. a job well done, they celebrate with a little, a little dance party. <laughs> <laughs> and we get an updated title for Django, The Turncoat. Yes, Django, The Turncoat. But yeah, now he's officially a member of the Navy, third mate Navy. And double iron fist, full body, third mate Navy. But he's been demoted. Yep. But he's got a new partner. He's still in the in the navy. Uh, he saved his friend's life. So now they're uh, you know just pals hanging around and doing navy stuff. I love that Igaram has a little sleep cap. Uh, Igaram? Yes, he's got a little star. <laughs> oh <sleep> yeah. Cap. Look, I will never not be an Igaram stan. I will stand this man to the end of time. Like that's understandable. His hair, his his whole demeanor. I I it, I have a feeling he sleeps in a separate bed from Terracotta, which is weird too. But you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, the like beds next to each other, like Isle of Lucy style. Yeah, like the nineteen. 19- like anime where they're like no we cannot imply any possibility of boinking like (laughs) um i do like how it seems like egram's having trouble sleeping and then like as a little time passes he's just passed out (laughs) yeah so what do you think of uh bb here she uh she's thinking about joining the crew yeah, and, and Nami kind of alluded to it last chapter when they're in the bathhouse. She kind of an, a, alluded to like Nami's gonna have to or Vivi's gonna have to make a decision. Mm. Yeah, and then Nami's reaction here was uh, about the the berries. <laughs> it yeah. seemed like Nami like was probably the closest to Vivi. Um, they really seem to have like developed a really strong friendship. So uh, it's hard to tell if um, Nami is also bummed about Vivi. If it was just about the berries, but knowing Nami is probably mostly about the berries. <laughs> I think there's a bit. Yeah. Phoebe's going to be fine. She's a princess. <laughs> Phoebe, you're a princess. We can't offer you much. Come on, Phoebe. You have to come with us now. <laughs> Stop it, Luffy. <laughs> it has to be her decision. No, it's my decision. <laughs> But she does. does Vivi doesn't fulfill any of his remaining roles, right? She's not a musician. She's not. What are the other ones he wants? Well, they don't have a princess yet. They don't have a princess yet. Mm. <laughs> Gotta have a princess. 
Yeah, but she's not a musician, so that is a strike against her. That is a strike against her. Uh, how about this? Uh, <laughs> the call they get from Mister Two. Mm. Oh, Mister Two. <laughs> <laughs> and Sanji just hangs up on him <laughs> <laughs> immediately. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I thought we were friends. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't know what uh, Mr. Two's intentions are here at first. I, I really like the way this plays out. He just says that he's taking their ship, so it feels like almost like threatening because we know him as a bad guy at this point. Mm. So it's like, I've taken your ship. It's like, oh, we got to go take it from that bad guy. But he's approaching it like, no, like we're friends. So uh, don't be mad at me. So they don't know what his deal is quite yet. And Luffy's so like, we well, were friends at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they first met, they were friends. Yeah. I always love that that Luffy and uh, Usopp, and I suppose Chopper now, uh, first instinct whenever they make a new friend is to go into like a like a, a German kick or what is a kick dance <laughs> thing, just like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is Hina eating at the end there? Is that like a? I guess it's me jacket. Isn't it? Oh, it's her jacket. Oh, geez, I thought it was like a big. No, it's, it's her glove. Some... It's her glove. Oh, she's she's doing. She's doing the cool glove pull off. Okay, I get <laughs> it. Uh, that is cool. Yeah, so they did spot the um the Mary. Yeah, but they they um they do meet up with um Mister Two here, and it seems like they're forming uh, an alliance. You know, they're they're making up for uh being enemies. But you know, now that that's over, they can go back to being friends, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I definitely didn't impersonate the king and cause just mass violence <laughs> by my in the process. Like water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so they recognize um that he saved the Mary. Um whether or not that was fully his intention was to help them, like he did he is a reason why the Mary is still here because he was able to keep it away from the navy. Um, but I do love this little panel here where uh, <laughs> when uh, Luffy recognizes he saved the Mary, they're like, why? He's like, because you're my friend. So he has like the little thumbs up and the tears and the, the grin. Uh, classic like Mr. Two-Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this one? Oh, I love seeing the supersonic duck squadron. One last time, perhaps. One last mm. time. And they're uh, real pals. Thanks, Ducks. <laughs> All right, how about we move on to the next part of the cover story? Hachi's Walk on the Sea Floor, Volume 29. Hachi comes upon the village of starving catfish. Kami and Papagoo are sympathetic to the catfish's strategy as Hachi looks on with his haul. So, uh, Kami and Papagoo are really like. The ones who have been showing, like, <laughs> like they're they're just like these poor, like innocent, like people that have been getting caught in these like bad situations. Um, yeah, Hachi seems like a little intrigued, like what's going on here, but like he doesn't really see him as concerned as uh, Kami and Papagoo. Definitely much uh, better reaction than uh, Octopaco, though. Yes, showing some humanity. Okay, uh, how about we get Evans' summary for the next chapter? Chapter 215, Last Waltz. 
Didi prepares for her coming of age ceremony where she is supposed to give a speech to the people of Alabasta. As Vivi settles her nerves, she turns to Igram and her father saying that she has some very important, something very important to tell them. Meanwhile, on the merry-go, the Shahas are trying to leave the port when they are outnumbered and outgunned by marine ships. They are surrounded. Usopp is able to take out two ships using cannon fire, making an escape route. But the Straw Hats have to make their date with the princess. This commitment to their friend inspires Bonclay. As Hina approaches, Bonclay disguises himself as Luffy, and Hina takes the bait. As Bonclay reveals themselves and makes a giant stand against Hina, the Straw Hats make their way to rendezvous with Princess Vivi. <laughs> yeah, this to me is uh, a good one. This is a good one. Yeah, Sean, you want to start off on this one? Uh, yeah, uh, I love how badass Hina looks. I wish she kind of got to do more, seemingly. But uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's good stuff. Um, very like I love, I love Igaram's dream of pirate queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up and just like his 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 arm is out like this. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Terracotta is a fearsome woman, Igaram. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> the lump on his head. Yeah. <laughs> uh... The woman making, like, putting the crown or whatever, or, or dust or brushing Vivi's hair has no chin. Nope. Yeah, so that's... And then <laughs> right below her are two men with incredible chins. <laughs> so, yeah. No. Uh, I do want to just kind of point out that on the, um, the pirate Vivi costume, she has a, a version of uh, her, her Joy Roger. So we see what her joy ride nice, looks like. Nice, so. yeah. The hair, I like it. And it's hat. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I would love, I would love for Vivi to become a pirate. Well, we'll have to to see what happens. Mm. Go find <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, we also see why Hina's referred to as Black Cage Hina, because uh, their special squadron um, uses like these giant uh, spikes. Or harpoons to like pierce um, the whole of the enemy ships. The poor so, Marion. Uh, yeah, Marion takes a, a beating here. A real beating. Brutal. You hate to see it. Yeah, it's so, like they're spending all their time trying to knock the harpoons out and patch up the repairs, but they get more holes than they can fix. No good. I love the moment when. Like Bonclay's about to leave and he hears that the reason they're going in that direction is to meet up with a friend and he like freezes up and he's like, it's for a friend. <laughs> like that, that cell where there's like, I don't know, like it looks like like neurons exploding yeah. <laughs> like in the brain. Like now just, that like, I know the truth, like, I can't run away. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, that that's completely like awesome. And uh, I I love this moment for uh for Mister Two. Yeah. All right, everyone, listen carefully. What I have to say. <laughs> Tears draining down the butt chin. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Bonclay has like some of like the best faces too. Like just like the um definitely 
like, like I talked about like the last one is like because you're my friends like he has like, like the same kind of face but like I love just like how dramatic like Oda makes his faces mm-hmm. with like the tears and like the like the grin it's like I know what I must do it's like it's for my friends <laughs> <laughs> and Luffy looks uh, a little upset but um yeah then we get this awesome moment where uh they they make it look like the straw hats <laughs> were on the other ship uh so um uh, Clay's disguise is you know spot on because you know he, he actually kind of luffy's face but he he has like a cowboy hat on <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but then you see like the rest of the uh, the crew the way they dressed up like the um, like the straw hats like they're uh Personations, especially the, the Nami with the mustache. Still, <laughs> Nami with the mustache. That was pretty great. <laughs> and Usopp was like something on his nose to make it. Yeah, <laughs> get that Usopp nose. <laughs> They're ready for their One Piece uh, convention to go to now with the cosplays. Yep. Yeah. So noble sacrifice by Bon Clay. I think he'll make it out of this somehow. But we'll see. Yeah, this this send off is so epic with um all like the text over the top, while Bonclay is taking on uh, Hina. Yeah, so good. I and love that Bonclay so being theatrical about it too in the poses. L- Luffy, Usopp, and Chopper are sad, but Sanji. Well, Sanji, I guess he's sort of crying, but he's mostly just shocked. Yeah, he's got, he looks like he's got a little, little tear going. A little on. tear, a little tear. Yeah. <laughs> Zoro's not even there. Yeah. yeah. He's asleep. Like, let's be honest here. He's 100% asleep. Yeah. Meanwhile, the ship's getting destroyed. Yeah. Speaking of ship getting destroyed, we see uh, uh, Bon Clay's ship go down. Mm-hmm. Aww. Uh, Hina is very angry, though. Hina is very angry. <laughs> Said Hina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, fantastic send off for Bon Clay. Um, yeah, he did, did some pretty terrible things, but I think. Uh, no, he's been redeemed. You got you got a chopper trying to fix the ship, and it's like that yeah. is not his job. He's a people <laughs> doctor, not a ship doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just wanted to um, to point out. I love that we uh, get this little moment with Jongo. Right, look closely at this ring. Today, I prove to you that I'm not a weirdo. One, <laughs> he starts the countdown. You can only assume he he uh, hypnotized himself. Yeah. Unless he's mastered it. I <laughs> uh, highly doubt that one. <laughs> he's been spending way too much time dancing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did we uh, talk about Usopp um, totally nailing this shot on the marine ships? <laughs> Where, uh, he, he he shoots a cannon and uh, like knocks like one ship into like another ship. It looks like uh, he takes out two, two and one. And Luffy's like, Usopp, did you do that now? Wow. And uh, <laughs> Usopp looks just as uh, surprised. Yeah, just as I <laughs> planned. That's what happens when you mess with Usopp. <laughs> right. So then uh, he kind of opens up a gap in the formation. So uh, there's a path out now. So good job, Usopp. And we, we've seen him like using the cannon with success before. You know. Yeah, mostly <laughs> when uh, he shot that rock and then uh, almost killed. Uh, was it um, right. Yosuku? <laughs> I can't remember who was on the the rock. I think it was Yosuku. Mm. Yeah, because I think Yosuku was the one that was sick from uh, scurvy. That's right. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> yeah, that was when they first got the Mary and like Usopp was trying out the cannons and uh, he kind of nailed it. So <laughs> he got a knack for it. Wasn't that like, and then they shot, and that's how they pissed off, yeah, full body? Um, or somebody, or I don't know. Oh, no, they, 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 no, that's, they shot the, in the, the Barity. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was when the Luffy bounced the cannonball back at them. It's right, like, right. Uh, full body was like, no, I'll let you guys go. And he's like, just kidding. And then they <laughs> fired on him, so then Luffy bounced it right back at him. Excellent. And then, then I went into the Barati. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, nice, nice little send off for uh, for uh, Bon Clay. Uh, I think that's really about it here, though. Let's wrap up the the volume. But before we get into the chapter, Hachi's Walk on the Sea Four, Volume Thirty. Hachi runs for it. Hachi is not willing to give up his haul and takes off. So, he is, um, is flabbergasted. <laughs> Bro is flabbergasted. It's like, oh, oh look, Hachi brought all this treasure, and now we can help the poor uh, citizens and help them rebuild. <laughs> I was like, no, this is mine. Get your own treasure. <laughs> I worked hard to steal this from somebody else who did all that hard work to get this treasure. <laughs> okay, chapter 216, BB's Adventure. As the Straw Hats fight off the Navy, the crowd of citizens anticipates Vivi's speech. Over the speakers, Vivi begins to tell about her journey over the past three years. She tells that she faced dangers but found the light in the darkness through a little ship. As the Straw Hats hear the speech, they realize Vivi must be attending the ceremony at Alabarna, so she won't be coming. But Luffy says it has to be someone pretending to be Vivi. The crowd becomes outraged as they realize Vivi isn't at the ceremony, it's just Egron pretending to be her. Luffy is excited and gets ready to have the ship turned around, but Vivi says she's come to say goodbye. She says she would love to come along, but she loves this kingdom and has to stay. She requests that if they ever come across her again to consider her as a shipmate. Luffy is about to respond, but Nami realizes the Navy is watching. She stops him in order to protect Vivi from being associated with pirates. Instead, they silently raise their arms bearing the X marks they created to symbolize their friendship as they set sail from Alabasta. That could mean anything. <laughs> uh, what a great send off. Yeah. That was amazing. I love the, the the last page is so good with everyone with their arms up. Yeah, this yeah, is also really nice. one of those most iconic moments in the series that you see referenced a lot. Yep. Uh, a lot of people get the X as like a, like a tattoo as well. So some people like that one like a little bit more subtle, like one piece tattoo. Um, like, but if you know, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, love that. Yeah, so they they all raise their arms up in the air with the X's to show their uh, you know, their sign of friendship without having to say it. I love Chopper's tiny little, tiny little hooves. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like ah, it's there. I promise. <laughs> yeah, and then Vivi and Karu raise their uh. Their arms up as well. God, Nami's waist is just comically small. It's just <laughs> so small. <sighs> Got that uh, hourglass shape. Yeah, she sure does. <laughs> Crocodile would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Igaram taking the hit for 
for BB's. For... Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally <laughs> taking the hit. Ebron's wife looks just like Ebron, but it's like nobody told him to dress up as BB, but he decided to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Wait, is that terracotta or Ebron? That is Igram. That is Igram. Okay. Yeah. Or rather, yeah. Lord Igram. Okay. Yeah. yeah says that Some people are like, yeah, cut it out, Lord Igram. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's just having the time of his life, like waving <laughs> the little fans around. Yeah. <laughs> Looking good, Commander. <laughs> people like cat call him and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what would you guys think of uh, this chapter as a whole? It's great. It's Loved it. Absolutely great ending yeah again i would have loved to see vv become a straw hat but it makes perfect sense for her to i mean this was her mission this is where she belongs and yeah. um she's got some work to do but yeah a straw hat a straw hat in our hearts yeah i know a straw hat yeah recognize a member of the crew and uh makes a really mature decision i think um you know, she she could go and hang out with her friends and have like a fun adventure, or she can stay behind and you know do her duty to try to rebuild this kingdom um, that just went through so much. And she has an important role to play here um, because she she can make a difference, I think, um, in the kingdom and help to heal the relation um, with the people and kind of build that good faith back up again. So yeah, I think she has a really important role here. Step one: abolish the monarchy. <laughs> Yeah. I hope they are reunited one day. Yeah, hopefully one day. But I also love this kind of twist here. How it's kind of like a like will she won't she kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like they, they fake you out by making you think that she was at the ceremony because she was speaking like from a distance, like she brought the transponder snail with her. Yep. Um and she's speaking over the, the microphones with the megaphones and then she shows up at the port. And it makes you think, oh, she actually is coming. So, like, it, it tricks you here. And then she's like, well, now I'm not. I just want to say goodbye to you guys in person. So, um, yeah. So, I, I love the way this kind of plays out. And it kind of plays with your expectations a little bit. So, you don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah, I love that. Well done. And a great conclusion to a great arc. For sure. I don't have an I don't have an X tattoo, but I have other tattoos. <laughs> Uh, it's not quite there. Yeah, and BB's giving the speech, but a lot of it's kind of really geared towards the Straw Hats because a lot of people don't really know exactly what she's talking about. But she's kind of acknowledging what the Straw Hats did for her and, you know, they were the guiding light in the darkness. Like, that's what she's kind of referring to. Um, So they were kind of a ray of hope that she kind of was starting to lose. And like the Straw Hats really kind of helped to get through this dark time and really helped the kingdom as a whole. So, uh, yeah. So she, she's kind of speaking in a way that like the crew knows that she's grateful, but like not everybody is kind of, they don't really know exactly who she's talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that pretty much covers it. Do you guys have any other thoughts on this one? I mean, I think it's what it's this is this is me trying to cover for not having more to say, but I really think the chapter kind of speaks for itself. It's just mm-hmm. it's a really great capstone. It uh it does everything you want to be as like the chapter does a lot of heavy lifting here. Um, 
so it, it says a lot in in this case and i i do think it's there's not that much to talk about because like a lot of it is about the moments themselves and like like the characters like not really knowing what's happening but it's also kind of reflecting on like this journey and just kind of having the send-off so this really is just a send-off for alabasta i think as an arc and the characters and for for bb in particular so it's kind of just like a bookend to the the chapter and they're closing that story and they're moving on so the the chapter itself does a lot to give us that closure and let us know okay so vivi's vivi's not coming with them but you know she's still going to be a part of the crew like in their hearts and they will always recognize her and appreciate the journey they had together so i i really do think that a lot of that comes through the the chapter without having to necessarily say all of that yeah i agree i feel like i was really curious how Oda was going to wrap this up and i feel like He's done an exquisite job with like farewells and like reunions throughout this whole series. And um, I think this like exceeded my expectations. I thought it was just like a really perfect send off with them not wanting to give away Vivi. So they had to say goodbye without saying goodbye. And so they did the, they all raised their hands and had the matching. Yeah. Like that was perfect. I thought that was yeah. so awesome. Exactly. Agreed. Okay. So. Uh, that will pretty much wrap up Alabasta. There's going to be like a few things, I think, in the next chapter. But for all intents and purposes, I'm going to say that uh, we can conclude the Alabasta arc here and we can rank it um, along with the villain. And that concludes so, the first box set. And that's Ooh. the end of the first box set. So, yeah, one down, uh, three, three plus to go. <laughs> <laughs> Four and counting, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, so right now there's currently four box sets, and uh, hopefully by the time uh, you know we get you there, we'll either have next box set, or like, there'll be enough where it's like... Yeah, I don't know if uh, you have to buy we'll a box at that point. <laughs> That's how I've been collecting, so this is like a milestone for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how about we start with the, the villain rankings? uh evan um let's let's first get um yeah let's, let's first get the the rankings pulled up here for for the villain so currently we have arlong at s buggy at a kuro um wapple and krieg at b so yeah evan where would you put crocodile on this list um s s <laughs> So, is that a thing? You, <laughs> um, for 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 right now, I, I say let's just keep it at S. All right, then just S. Okay. <laughs> top top of the top of the list for me. Okay, so we'll put them above Arlong on on your side. Yes. Okay, Sean, how about you? S above Arlong. Okay, keep it simple. I'm gonna say the same. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think it needs a lot of explanation. Like this arc is clearly the biggest and most epic arc that we've had so far. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with Crocodile. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Crocodile is really the driving force for this entire arc. And mm. we we've we've talked like throughout like all these volumes about like how much of a threat Crocodile is, how he has his contingency plans, how like how formidable he is. He defeated Luffy two times before Luffy was able to defeat him. So we we can't really say that about any other villains up to this point. So I think yeah. 
in like terms of like story, um, like uh, power, like uh, like his ability, like you know, just as like um, a character, like um, like Crocodile's like the, the full deal. You know, he's like the full package. Yep. Plus, he, he's just cool. Like he has like a really cool design, um, and his personality. Like he's like like a perfect personality for a villain. So evil. <laughs> with the side of evil. He's an evil cheeseburger. With evil <laughs> Sean, when I said most epic arc, I feel like you shook your head. Do you have? Well, no, no. Well, it's not. Are we getting this? Our tier rank, our series, our arc rankings next? Yeah, let's do the arc rankings. All right, so uh, yeah, let's start with Sean then. Um, let's see what you say. It's S tier. So, I still like our long park better. <gasps> okay. All right. So, yeah, that's that's fair. Let's that's get fair. your um your list. So you had an S. You had Arlong Park, Baratier, oh, A, yeah, uh, Little Garden, uh, Log Town, Romance Town, Syrup Village, Drum Island, and then B. You had Orange Town, Whiskey Peak, and Reverse Mountain. Okay. And uh, where are you putting Alabasta? I'm putting Alabasta in between Arlong Park and Baratier. It's S tier. Arlong Park is still my number one. Okay, fair enough. Did you want to uh, kind of uh, give on that? I think that Alabasta is phenomenal. It has a bit of fat that could be cut off, whereas Arlong Park just feels like a clean, perfect steak the whole way through. Um, there's there's bits of Alabasta. I mean, you were we I was here for part of <laughs> the fight with Miss. I don't even remember her name and the dog gun, and I'm like, yep. Oh, I, don't give a, I don't give a crap about any of this. Like it just, <laughs> this is, this is just too much for me. But, um, but I do like, I, as I, I do think crocodile is a better villain overall than Arlong. He's more, he's more layered. And he's more, he's, he's almost, he is in some ways more evil, but man, it's a, it's a tough fight between who's yeah. more evil. Cause they're pretty <laughs> freaking evil. both of them. But, um, Arlong at least seemed content-ish to, for the time being, contain his evil to a island village island versus uh, like an entire colossal nation and just like that he was planning to just genocide and just like yeah. Yeah, Crocodile had um, bigger goals even beyond Alabasta. So that was even the end game for him. So yeah, Crocodile was thinking real big. Arlong was thinking, let me um, save my little neck of the woods. So I do think he's, I I, I prefer Crocodile's villain overall, the level of just, there's just no fat on Arlong Park for me that it's it's still my number, number one. But Alabasta is damn close. Okay. I feel that though. I think think you have a good point with Arlong. Like and I also like the character design of Arlong, like the fish people fighting the pirates. I thought that was kind of just like a cool, like mm. visually was very cool. Yeah, it was a little leaner for sure. Yeah, so how about we get uh, your rankings? You had uh, S tier was Arlong Park, Baratier, Drum Island, uh, A, Little Garden, Log Town, Syrup Village, Romance Dawn. Then B was Whiskey Peak, Reverse Mountain, Orange Town. So where would you put Alabasta? I will put Alabasta S rank above Arlong. So number one so far. So you're number one. Yeah. Okay. I just think the scale and the stakes made it 
like the most epic arc so far. And yeah, Crocodile obviously plays a, a massive part of that. I think he's like been the perfect villain so far. Yeah. Um. So for my rankings, I had Arlong Park, Drum Island, Brate, and S tier. Then A, I had Little Garden, Sierra Villa, Dogtown, Orange Town, Romance Dawn. B, Whiskey Peak, Reverse Mountain. So as much as I love Arlong Park, I'm going to agree with Evan. And I'm going to say Alabasta is my number one as well. So not only is Alabasta my favorite arc so far, I think it's to this day remains one of my favorite arcs in One Piece as a whole. I don't want to get into to too wow. much, but I think Alabasta, like you said, like it really, I think it really shows what One Piece is capable of, and it really ups the scale. It makes things feel a lot bigger, makes the world feel a lot bigger than what we've seen with the East Blue. So, Arlong Park is an amazing arc, and it's still one of the best arcs in One Piece as well. And I think that also upped the game, but I feel like Alabasta kind of does like the same thing, and it's in a different way. So. Alabasta was a very big buildup uh, from pretty much when they enter the Grand Line um, is when the seeds start getting planted for Alabasta, and it's not re- resolved until now. So um, it's a lot of volumes that go towards the resolution of um, Alabasta, and I really enjoy the aspect. So we had different elements. We've been introduced to Baroque works, and there's a lot of mystery that was kind of being built up around it. So I really enjoyed that, and... Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, yeah, VB as a character um, is really important for that. Um, there's, we get introduced a lot of different types of characters, and, you know, Miss All Sunday, I think, is also um, a great mysterious character that we haven't seen. Um, like, we've seen, like, um, like, a lot of, like, right. cool stuff about her. Um, but I also feel like she played into, like, the villain aspect. And I think she was a really interesting character. Um, so not every Baroque Works member was necessarily a hit. But I think there is like as a whole, I like Brook Works as an organization, and um, Mister Two as well. I think also stands out as um, like an awesome member of Brook Works, and the role he ends up playing here is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Alabasta as a whole, I, I think is just an amazing arc, and um, I think it just kind of opens up the floor to like a larger storytelling narrative, and it shows that Oda's really capable of telling this kind of long form arc and keeping um keeping a really compelling and interesting story throughout the whole time which is a good sign for a long-running series <laughs> that is now like over a thousand chapters so you really have to have a story that can um you know keep your interest over that that period of time and i think oda is super well equipped for that kind of storytelling which uh we'll see in the future it's exciting here yeah. indeed <laughs> And well, Nico Robin, we left unconscious at the bottom of the mausoleum, which has collapsed. Yeah, so hopefully uh, somebody dragged her out too. I didn't see uh, Nico Robin at Cobra's back. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, she's. We dead. didn't see her get. We didn't see her make it out. <laughs> yeah, so um, we didn't see the body, but not looking too good. All right, so um, before we do wrap up the episode, I just want to see: Did you guys have any uh, general thoughts? Um, that you want to get out for you know the volume as a whole or Alabasta? Well, I'm stoked. I just finished the first box set. I feel like, I feel like it flew by. Like we've been doing this for a while now, but it, I don't know. It just feels like um, it's been a really fun adventure so far, and I really enjoyed Oda's um, world that he's that he's built and the characters that we've been introduced to so far. So 
I'm really excited for more. Yeah. It's also exciting too, because now like for a while, we've kind of known that we're building towards Alabasta, but now we don't know where they're going. Right. So we, we're, we're in the complete unknown right now. Well, you're in the complete unknown right now. <laughs> <laughs> but for where in the story, like there's no indication of what, what's next. So that's also an exciting place to be in. Absolutely. And uh, Sean, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up? Um, it, it's, it is wild to say this. Because I know, and so I was peppering Evan in those early days with so much about like, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. You have definitely seen some stuff at this point. <laughs> so I'm not going to be yeah. like, you've seen nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's still some stuff. <laughs> there's still a there's lot stuff. of stuff. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, there's a reason why the series is still going. There's yeah. a reason. Yeah. For very good reason. So. <laughs> There, I'll just say this: there is an arc coming up that does beat Arlong Park for me. There's at least a couple, so yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay, so for right now, uh, that will conclude this week's episode of the We Are Reading One Piece podcast. You can find this episode wherever podcasts are found at We Are Reading One Piece podcast.buzzsprout.com or on our YouTube channel at We Are Reading One Piece. This is a spoiler-free channel up to you where we record the podcast. So if you're new to the series, you can visit the channel there. You can also find me and this podcast on my YouTube channel at Pirate King Codex for various One Piece content. Next week, we will be discussing Volume 24, People's Dreams. I've been Joel, and I've been joined by Sean. Hello. Goodbye. And Evan. <laughs> Thanks for li listening. Long live Alabasta. <laughs> Long live the fatal fuel. <laughs> all right. Be sure to bring along all of your hopes and dreams, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>